This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I loved particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to being home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Support for this podcast comes from the BGE Smart Energy Savers Program. Hidden air leaks can affect your home's comfort and energy costs. A home energy audit identifies problem areas and reveals opportunities to improve comfort and savings. Plus, you can get an average of $3,000 in rebates to make energy-saving home improvements. Learn more about how to make your home work better for you at BGESmartEnergy.com slash improvements. That's BGESmartEnergy.com slash improvements. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Before I get into today's episode, I want to tell you guys that we are going to be doing a God is my CEO challenge. Now, I'm so excited about this challenge. If you participated in the last challenge that we did a few months ago, then you know and understand how serious these challenges are and how life changing that these challenges are. And if you didn't participate, I feel so sorry for you because that last challenge was seriously so amazing, not just for me, but for the participants. We uh, committed to journaling every single day. We, um, I went live in our private Facebook group from Monday through Thursday every day. So we were able to really hold each other accountable. I love that Facebook group because they do Bible plans together, really check in with each other to see how everybody's doing. It's a private group chat in there. So it's just so amazing to see women who love God and love business come together and just help each other grow. So we're going to be doing another challenge. Uh, Kavai and I are actually teaming up for this one as well. And it's called the God is my CEO challenge. And it's an eight day challenge. The last one was 30 days. So this one is a lot quicker. Um, It's an eight day challenge that helps entrepreneurs surrender their ambition to God. And we're going to be using my book as a 
um, guide for this challenge. So think about how in the Bible app you have reading plans. So it's similar to that. We're going to be doing a reading plans based off of things in my book. And then we're going to have study scriptures every single day that back up whatever the subject of that day was. Um, and then we're going to have homework assignments. And all of this is going to be based in the She Who Is Called mobile app. So I'm going to put it in the um, course description, not course description, Jesus. I'm going to put it in the podcast description so you can click to download the mobile app as well as the link to sign up for the challenge. Today, I want to talk about creating or identifying the life that you want to live. And the reason I want to talk about that is because over the past week or so, that's what I've really been thinking about. I've been distancing myself from social media Um, And I've been on it. So like I might log in once a day or something like that. But I haven't been on it nearly as much as I used to. A reason being is because I found myself getting very anxious and I felt my inner hustler or my inner workaholic trying to come out. And so that's something that I've been working to tame when I submitted my business to God. And now when you surrender or submit your business to God, that doesn't mean that you don't work hard. You still work hard, but you're applying that work ethic to the things that God wants you to do or the things that God tells you to do as opposed to you trying to figure stuff out in your own strength. Now, my inner hustler, my inner workaholic tries to figure things out in her own strength because that's something, that's just who I am. I'm a problem solver. And I also genuinely enjoy solving complex problems so when if a problem comes up or if I'm trying to figure out how to do something I get excited about strategizing on a solution now the problem with that is that means that I don't take the time to consult God about what he wants me to do so me understanding that about myself whenever I feel that inner uh, workaholic or outwork everybody hustler come out, I have to really tame her to make sure that the work ethic is still there, but it's applied to what God wants me to do and not what I want to do. And so for the past week, I have been feeling, well, before taking like kind of this break-ish from social media, I felt myself, that, that inner hustler coming up. And so I was trying to figure out like, well, what is triggering this? Why am I all of a sudden feeling like I need to do so much? And for me, it was social media. And so that's why I decided to distance myself away from it. And so as I've been backed off for the last week or so, I've been really thinking about like what type of life I want to live. And I think a lot of times we that gets lost. So we have these motives or intentions for being entrepreneurs in the first place. But once we get knee deep into starting a business and growing the business and learning how to do things we didn't know how to do, learning the technology behind doing certain things or learning how we should be marketing ourselves and stuff like that, the overall goal of why we started in the first place can very much so get lost. And I feel like it hadn't gotten, hasn't gotten totally lost for me, but it was dwindling some. So a good example is that one of my close relatives recently had surgery. And so um, she needed somebody to help look after her during the week because her husband is has to work, of course. So she's going to be home alone. She needs somebody to help. So I'm like, oh, perfect. I can come over there during the week. All I need is Wi-Fi. I'm good. I can work from wherever. And so I was thinking this morning, I was like, 
why did I just think that that was okay or that was normal? You know what I mean? That's why I became an entrepreneur to be able to have the freedom of my time to do stuff like that. The freedom to be able to drop everything and go be there for my family because I can without having to check in with a job or without having to ask an employer if I can have time off. Like this is what I pray for. So why am I not grateful for that? And not to say I'm not grateful, but why am I not touched by the fact that that can happen, if if that makes sense? And so I was like, I really have become so consumed with what's next that I haven't taken the time to appreciate the now or soak up the moments of the right now to be able to sit and spend time with family with um and without having to worry about a job or to be able to um treat like my sister I bought my sister Beyonce tickets for her birthday so to be able to just say hey come on we going to the concert you ain't got to give me no money for your ticket or anything like that just small stuff like that like why am I why haven't I been able to really just soak that up? And the reason being is I've been so focused on what's next, so focused on what I'm believing in God for, and so focused to that happening that I'm not taking the time to really appreciate the now. And I believe that that's something that's true for a lot of us and for a lot of you guys. And so for me, in coming to that realization, I had to kind of double back to be like, well, what has taken me away from that? Like, what is the problem? Because also what comes in the the midst of focusing on what's next is the stress of not being there. And so again, I told you guys, this surrendering my business to God and God being my CEO is a process for me. And it's something that I work on every single day, but I toy with who I was and who I, I'm growing to be. And so um, one of the benefits of God being your CEO is that you can have peace that everything that he he promised you was going to happen. And I said this a few episodes ago that we're the ones who cause stress on ourselves because we're worrying about it when we should just, we, instead of worrying about it, we should just have peace and be confident that it's going to happen because it is. So for me, sometimes I do go go back into the worrying about it. I'm like, God, it's, it's, it's about to be August. We're about to be in the eighth month of the year. And I haven't seen some of the things that you promised me for 2018. I'm sh- I'm getting stressed. I feel myself getting anxious and worrying about stuff. And I know that it's the enemy really trying to play with me. But I also have to take responsibility for myself and letting these fe- irrational fears happen. And so um, in that, I'm like, okay, Tatum, something has got to change. So, of course, one of the things that I did was I um, separated myself some from social media so that I could can be able to be more present in the day to day and not just getting caught up in what I see or allowing anything that I see to make me feel like I need to do more or anything like that. And so another one of those things was it was like, how can I eliminate distress? And so I, I really just got this answer yesterday when I was in church, because prior to going to church, I was like, God, I need you to speak to me like I know it's a bunch of people in this church and the pastor is going to probably teach a message that's going to apply to a lot of people. But I need to hear something for me because I'm fighting against this spirit of being anxious or worrying about 
what's next or if this is going to happen or whatever the devil is playing with me when it comes to these irrational fears and I I have to break through this because I don't want to end up in a place where I may be sad or depressed or ungrateful about all the blessings that I have right now and um, as I was in church actually in praise and worship I just heard God God say to me you have to live in the place of the promise and not in a place of where you are The thing about faith is you believing that what you see is true. Faith isn't necessarily looking at your situation and it being what God said. It's believing that what God said is going to be true. So you have to live in that space of what he said and not in a space of what you see. And what when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow. okay, I get it. And so I wrote it down and I was like, "Okay, how, though, how can I live in that space of what God said and not the space of what I see so that I can combat these mental battles or these mental um, struggles that the enemy seems to be throwing at me? And what I came up with was and thank God for journaling. I promise you guys, if you are not journaling, I'm not even saying it has to be my journal. But if you are not writing down like your prayers and the things that God has been telling you or the promises that God has for you, you really have to write those down. And even if you may not be able to hear from God right now to hear what the promises are, you can search like Google, what are God's promises for me? And I mean, the one of the fruits of the spirit is or two of the fruits of the spirit are joy and peace. So if you don't have those two things, those things are promised to you. Or the Bible says that he is going to give us he's going to make us wealthy. He's going to make us successful in Deuteronomy 818. So those, that's a promise for you that you can hold on to because God said that. So just because you are, you may not be able to hear from God at this moment or you're still learning to discern God's voice, there's still promises that are already in the Bible for you. So you should just go ahead and look for those things if you're in that place. But for me, I have been able to hear from God and I have multiple journals full of God's promises for me. And so I was like, okay, now before I start my day, I'm not getting on social media and scrolling. I'm, I can't start my day like that. I'm going to start my day revisiting the things that God has promised me so that I can live in that space. I'm revisiting the um, the things that God has, has said was for me in 2018. I'm revisiting what God has said the, my future looks like. And I'm going to live in that space and I have to train my mind to focus on those things as opposed to focusing on what my circumstances may be right now or focus on what I'm lacking right now because it's my circumstances are fine but the enemy will come to make you think that because you aren't at this certain point that somehow where you are is wrong when it's not you're like God's timing is perfect and so for me I'm like okay Tatum you have to live in what he said and not what you see so constantly remind yourself about what he said and in addition to that constantly put myself in a place of worship because all of this stuff I'm talking to you guys about about how I um, haven't been able to or been focusing too much on the future or being stressed all of that is just attacks from the enemy that's it that's all that is and so I have to make sure that I'm always on guard because he's always going to try me like the devil don't want me to just have this this 
platform of all of these women all over the world who listen to this podcast that I'm talking about God about every single week. He don't want me to have that. He don't want y'all to be listening to this and changing your lives and, and making God your CEO and reading more and fasting and all of the things that I talk about. He doesn't want that to happen. But I but because of that, I personally, me talking to myself, have to make sure that I'm always on guard because my life is not just about me. It's about the people that God put me on this earth to impact. It's about the people that listen to this show. It's about the people who may not have had a close relationship with God, but because they're listening to this, now they're starting to pray more. I know my job is just to plant the seed and God will use other people to water it and things like that. So I can't let the devil just try me so much so where I'm not doing my assignment. I'm not planting the seeds every Monday on this show the way that God called me to. And so because of that, I'm like, okay, I need to do better. I need to armor up. And so I'm like, okay, in addition to keeping my mindset uh, focused on what he said, now I need to make sure that I'm always in a place of worship. And worship is a, a defense strategy against the enemy. So I need to make sure that I'm listening to songs that are, um, or gospel songs that are um, focused on just gratefulness and thankfulness and really just worshiping God and having a lot of gratitude for where I am so that I can stay on guard against the enemy, but also focus on so many of the amazing things that's going on in my life right now. So I would say I said all of this and, and share all of this about myself and in order to encourage you guys who may be going through the same thing. If you feel like you're focusing too much on where you are right now, or you're stressed that you're not where you thought you would be, or you're not where you feel like God told you that you were supposed to be, then I will tell you the exact same thing he told me is don't focus on what you see, focus on what he said. And the way that you focus on what he said is you create an environment that reminds you of that. So pull out those scriptures that speak to joy when you don't have any, that speak to peace when you don't have any. Go back to those journals where you wrote down your answered prayers to remind yourself that God has done it already so he will do it again. And you don't have to worry about it. You know, pull out all of the scriptures or whatever that you need to, all of the evidence, all the receipts that you need to pull out and constantly put yourself in remembrance of that. Figure out what triggers you to feel any type of negativity. So if it's social media, do what I did and pull back a little bit because Instagram is not more important than your purpose. Social media is not more important than your purpose. And so, um, yeah, if, if you feel like that's something that triggers any type of negative emotions from you, take a break. Just take a break. Also, include worship into your life. So when you're listening to when you're in a car going to work, listen to worship music. So that you're not stressed that you're still at a nine to five when you want to be a full time entrepreneur. Put yourself in a place of gratitude that you have an investor for your business because that's what the nine to five is. Put yourself in that place of gratitude. So, again, for anybody who may be like me, may be in just a place where either the devil's t attacking you mentally or you just are just feeling a certain type of way, go back and regroup. Also pray and ask God, like, what what's going on here? What What is blocking me from being able to be my best self right now? Why am I so infatuated with what's next? And allow him to reveal certain things to you um, that you may have missed. 
Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break and then I have some questions to answer. First question says, hello, I'm currently listening to your podcast on marketing. Do you have any advice for building a blog brand? Also, how are you funded through doing podcasts? So for the first question on building a blog brand, my advice would be don't build a traditional text only blog. Blogging is a platform that's probably going to die completely in the next, I predict the next 10 years, but it's probably going to be a lot less than that because people are not reading anymore. So now people are looking at something and be like oh Jesus that's too long I'm not reading that so figure out if you're going to do a blog how to diversify your content so let's say for example if you're doing a cooking blog instead of just typing out text in the recipes do a video of you measuring the ingredients that tells you how much you need to put in or whatever and how long this needs to sit do a video instead because that's going to Um, That's a method that people would prefer to look at as opposed to reading. And normally people don't read, they skim. So they're probably going to miss something anyway. So if you start a blog, my number one suggestion would be to diversify the content because people are not going to just read full blog posts anymore. Also, figure out who your target audience is and what do they want from a blog. A lot of times we build brands based off of what we want and not what our audience needs. And as an entrepreneur or a brand builder or whatever you want to call yourself, you have to live in the the space of shared value. Shared value, I refer to it like a Venn diagram. If you draw a circle to the left, a circle to the right, and they overlap in the middle, on the left you should have your business goals, on the right you should have your audience's goals, and in the middle it should be some type of shared value that you can uh, present to them. So for example, if your goal is to sell weight loss products, your um, target audience goal is to lose weight. The common, the the shared value is they lose weight with your weight loss products. So now you have to show them that that's true. And, once, and show them that that's true in the format that they want to receive it in. So because a blog is not a format that they probably want to receive it in, you can do it in the form of like a video, a transformational video of what somebody looked like prior to your um, using your weight loss products to after. You could make it cute to make it like some little, if I was you, I don't even know if this is your business, but if I was somebody who sold weight loss products, I would make like a whole makeover show and use that content on like some type of visual platform like of YouTube or a Facebook watch and you and then take the clips from my episodes and put them on Instagram. And people will get so excited to see what your clients look like. They will buy into it because they see themselves at the beginning stages of what your client looked like prior to um, using your products. And then they and then your client then becomes goals of what they look like after they're finished. So I would create like a whole thing to where it's like this was such and such before this was her friends and family, kind of how like on TV there how they do um, any type of reveal or makeover show whether it's a home makeover or a person makeover I would craft something like that and and have that be the focus of my marketing but nevertheless figure out that shared value um and but make sure that the platform is in a sense um or in the format that your audience wants to receive it in also something that a lot of people mistake is that um 
I always say build your brand to where it is searchable. So we we know what SEO is, search engine optimization. And it's, it's, it can be a very complex thing. Um, that's why a lot of people don't talk too much about it. But I say make your brand searchable because it's, it's nothing better than somebody looking for you that wants exactly what you're selling. So there's always somebody, we're always searching online for something. So you should put yourself in a position to be found. So even if you have a blog and let's say you do video, you do a mix of video and text, make sure you're using words and things like that, that your target audience is searching for so that when they search for, let's say, weight loss products, that you pop up. The second question was, um, how are you funded through doing podcasts? So there are two ways to monetize a podcast. The first way is through advertising. The most passive way is through advertising. So um, with advertisers, you set your podcast rate based off of your number of downloads. And then you take that to an advertiser and then they either say yay or nay. A lot of advertisers at this point do more affiliate style um, advertising on podcasts because it is low cost to them. They don't have to pay you and possibly not get a return on investment. So I may say, um, let's say this episode was brought to you by like GoDaddy or whatever. And I give you like a, a link to click on to sign up. I will get a kickback off of whatever it is that you purchase. So let's say that their advertisement agreement is 15%. So if you purchase a domain, I'll get 15% of that. Or um, I used FreshBooks a while ago on here. So people who signed up for FreshBooks, I got a cut. I think it was like $20 or something like that per sign up. So I got a cut based off of people who signed up using my FreshBook links. So advertisers is uh, the passive way to make money from a podcast. Number two is, and my favorite way to monetize podcasts is to funnel people into your individual business. So if you are selling something or if you have like, let's take my coaching program, for example, when I was coaching, I would use the podcast to talk about um, well, I would use the podcast to funnel people into to, to bring people into my sales funnel and. I do that anytime I have any type of launch. So anytime I'm selling something, I have a book or journal service, whatever. The podcast is a huge marketing platform for me. So I, people enter into my sales funnel from the podcast. So using coaching, for example, I might say um, I might have an episode on, let's say, marketing your blog. And then I'll say, um, sign up for a free training on how to market your blog. And then people will go from listening to the podcast to signing up for a free training. So now I have their email address so I can continue to talk to them um, about whatever it is I'm talking to them about. But then also when they opt into the training now, instead of just listening to be me being more motivational on the podcast, now they're able to hear me in my element of just talking about business and showing my expertise. So that builds up that know you like you trust you factor in business. So then after the free training, I may say sign up for a one on one with me in order for us to work on your marketing together. And then people nine times out of 10 will sign up for that and then that results in income for my business so my favorite way again to monetize podcast is to funnel people into um, my particular business another kind of um, 
not so blatant way to monetize. I don't even think I brought this up before. Is so is if you become an affiliate of anything that you talk about a lot. So let's take Amazon, for example, right? Amazon has an affiliate program to where you can get money based off of people buying stuff off of Amazon through your link. And um, I can say, let's say if I do an episode on just books, which I probably will do, some of my favorite books, and I give you links to each book, I will probably give you a link to my Amazon link to each book so that when you go to buy it, I'll get a percentage off of that purchase. So it's like a back end way to make more money without blatantly saying like this ever this podcast is brought to you by Amazon because it's not. I'm just telling you about this book. So be thank so when you go to purchase it, I make money off of the back end. So my referral fee in a sense is me getting a cut of the book. And that's not anything that is of cost to you guys because y'all book isn't going to be more expensive because I gave you my link Amazon is just going to kick me off a percentage for sending you there let's go to the next question this person says I'm getting tired of social media and I feel like I'm draining myself trying to get potential customers there are more things I have to offer but I feel like I need to get to take a step back and get clarity. I was wondering, has this ever happened to you? Yes, listen to the whole first half of this episode. But um, yes, now, if you feel like you're draining yourself trying to gain potential customers, it's probably because you don't have any systems in place that lets you know where your customers are coming from. So, and you probably aren't being strategic with your marketing at all because one of the, a lot of people like to focus on like the pretty side of marketing. So what your stuff looks like or the platforms or the fun stuff, but a huge part of marketing and the purpose of marketing in general is to drive sales. So your marketing only works if you can have a a measure of a return on investment. So you're probably getting drained because you're either not getting a return on investment or you don't have a sure answer of where the customers you have are coming from. So I would suggest that you get off social media for a second and take a step back, analyze who that target audience is, um, what that shared value is, what platform you need to be on. Because if you're spending most of your time on social media, but what, what makes your customers buy is not social media, then something's wrong. Also, I would ask you if you have a sales funnel in place because a sales funnel is so uh, is such a great tool in business because it tells you where the gaps are. So a sales funnel looks like a, visually it looks like an upside down triangle to where the base is at the top and the point is at the bottom. And the reason why it's like that is because more people are going to enter into your funnel than buy. Now, if your funnel had, I always say, if it has like a Coke bottle shape where it has is wide at certain points where people are getting stuck at a certain point in your funnel as opposed to it just being smooth um, transition, then that tells you what needs to be fixed. So let's say using my example before of if I have people sign up for a marketing training for me and then it comes time and then the next step of my funnel is for them to sign up for a one-on-one 
consultation or a one-on-one session with me. And then the step after that one-on-one session is the full coaching program. So let's say that a lot of people were signing up for this one-on-one session and it was, and that part of the funnel was real bulky, but then nobody was really trickling over to that, that coaching program. So then I can then look at, that tells me that I need to look at what I'm doing in that one-on-one session that makes people feel like they either don't want or don't need the full coaching program. So then I can make adjustments accordingly. So again, you're probably overwhelmed because you don't have any type of a system or structure in place. So I highly suggest you either get with a business coach or somebody who specializes in that stuff so that you can fix that within your business. Um, But if you're just posting on social media or feeling like you have to be online all the time and you're not getting clients then or customers, then you really should go back to the drawing board and take that break that you need. But yes, I have been in that that situation before where I felt like I needed to take a break to get my mind clear because Every time we pick up our phone, somebody is selling to us in some type of way. And so we don't want to just be a compilation of everybody's advice. We still want to have our own um, perspective and we still want to be in control of our business. So in order to do that, you have to get yourself offline and really put yourself in your business so that you can build out these back end systems that make you money. The next question says, hey, Tatum, I came across your podcast during a time where I really needed it. It's lit a fire in me. I really thank God for you and speaking through you. Thank you. I had a question regarding your journal making process. I hope to create a fitness self-care journal, but I have zero idea where to start. I have a blueprint on what it will look like and what would be included. But when it comes to actually executing it, I'm not sure what what I should start with. Do you have any suggestions? Yes, start with getting it made. So I um, started with the idea for the journal. I mapped it out. So I knew what I want, wanted each page to look like. I knew what I wanted it to say. So I pretty much just had like a, um, a Word document of everything in the journal. Then I reached out to a designer. I used B Maze Design as her Instagram. Uh, I used her to design the journal. I was she was referred to me through somebody else, and she's done some work that I've seen, and she's really really good. So definitely use her, and she designed my book cover as well. Um, so I went to her and I was like, hey, here's what I have. I want to create a journal. This is the size I wanted. So figure out the size. Um, a way that I figured out what size I wanted mine was I have a lot of books at home. So I literally got my ruler or measuring tape and I measured the books. Or you can look up titles to books that you have. And usually on like Amazon, it'll tell you the size of it as like a reference point to the size that you want yours. And so um, I told her the size and then she designed it for the inside as well as the cover for me. Then I use CreateSpace to to, uh, print the journal. So CreateSpace.com is the website. They are an Amazon affiliate company. And so they actually... Um, if you if you put your journal or book, my book is through CreateSpace as well. If you put it on CreateSpace, then they put it on Amazon for you. Um, and then you just get a royalty from what sells on Amazon. So I went on CreateSpace. I got it printed through them. And that was pretty much it. Then I started marketing it and making money off of it. So I would tell you to start by mapping it out, mapping out how you want it to look, what you want on the inside, get it designed, and then get it printed. And then market it. But no, market it while you're getting it designed and printed so that you can maybe have some pre-orders or something like that prior to it even being finished.
Somebody says, hey, Tatum, I'm subscribed to your podcast and I love it. I wanted to reach out to see if you knew the best hosting streams for podcasts. I currently have my own podcast through Anchor, but I want to improve the sound and editing features. Could you share some tips on what type of equipment I need to get my podcast official? I've looked online, but there are so many options and I wanted to get the right equipment for the right price. Thank you. So I have like a little document. I sent it out to the people who were on the call with Kavaya and I last night that really outlines just the microphone that I use but I'll put a link to the microphone that I use for the podcast in the show notes as well the mic is only $40 so if you like the way that this sounds right now this is the mic that I'm using is the one that I'm going to suggest to you. Um, Now, when it comes to hosting, I currently host the podcast through SoundCloud. Now, I'm going to be changing that because SoundCloud is slow with upgrading and they don't have a feature now for me to put the podcast onto Spotify. And that is just too large of a platform for me to just not have my podcast on. So I'm going to be changing from Spotify to Lisbon, L-I-S-B-Y-N. Um, so Lisbon is a hosting site. Podbean is a hosting site. Um, so I su- definitely suggest one of those. Those are like the top ones. I suggest one of those to host your podcast on um, and then just use the features within those to push it out to like a iTunes and you can have it on SoundCloud without it being hosted hosted on SoundCloud. But um, yeah, now you mentioned that you use Anchor and you're not the only one that's asked me about podcasts and that uses Anchor. Now, I'm not a fan of Anchor and I'm going to tell you why. One, because it lacks comprehensive editing features. So if you I haven't used Anchor personally, but I've done research on it because so many people have asked me about it. And because you're asking me now, you even said that you want to improve the sound and editing features. So Anchor is an app for those that don't know that allows you to pretty much talk your podcast and post it. So it's like you put the phone to your ear and you can talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And from a click of a button, it'll post it over to iTunes or something like that. Now, they get a hand clap for convenience but that doesn't always work practically and so if you want to edit something in your show let's say put some good intro music in or put some sound effects in or whatever they don't have a really robust editing software within the app so that's a con in and of itself also because you're just talking into your phone that's going to give you sound quality issues so you may be like in a room or in a space that is uh, very echoey so that's not going to give you you a great um, sound quality by doing that. So they're very limiting, limiting, Jesus, I can't talk, limiting on what you can, what you can do in there. Uh, The most important con to me is that you don't own the content when it comes to Anchor. Anchor publishes, publishes, why can't I talk today? Anchor publishes your podcast on um, iTunes from their app. So to give you a, a comparison, my app, my podcast is on iTunes because I submitted it to iTunes to be reviewed and then they got approved and then it was on iTunes. So I own all of the content because I don't go through a third party to get it posted. On Anchor, you po- they post it on iTunes for you. Therefore, it's Anchor that owns your content and not you. And that's never good. You should always own your own content. Also, because Anchor is free, 
and because they own your content, they can pretty much do whatever they want with it. So if at the beginning of the show or in the middle of the show, they decide to just advertise Anchor on everything that you do because it's free and because they own your stuff, they can do that. And that's just not... I'm just not willing to give up that much control, especially because it's not that difficult or expensive to just do the podcast on your own. So, yeah, that's my answer to that. Don't use Anchor. Get the microphone. I use GarageBand. If you have a MacBook, it comes with your computer. I use GarageBand to edit the show. Um, uh, It's another one. What is it called? Audacity that people use to edit their shows, which is A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. I use Euphonic to master the sound. So I use it mostly if I have guests because they might be a little louder than me and it just like levels out the sound. Or if I'm like laughing really loud at one point and then I might be talking a little bit lower at another point, it really just levels out that sound. And that is A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. And with Euphonic, it's maybe like $11 a month for like eight hours a month worth of space for you to edit your show so if you have one show a week for four hours you're only using four of those hours or you can purchase like i think for like twenty dollars you can get like 12 hours worth of stuff or whatever point is they're inexpensive and then to host you're probably paying maybe 15 to 20 dollars depending on the platform per per month to host your show and then like i said my mic was 40 dollars um so it's really not that expensive to have or put out a podcast and with all of the risk that is in anchor i suggest that you don't do it and you just go the more traditional route i'm going to do one more question and then that's going to be it okay last question it says, good morning. I just wanted to say I love your podcast. You are so inspiring. And I promise when you talk, I feel like God is using you to speak to me directly. Oh, thank you. And he probably is. I told you I definitely pray before every every episode that that happens. So I'm glad that um, you're able to hear from him. I do have a question. My question is I'm 31 years old. And for a long time, I've wanted to be a personal stylist. I'm at a point in my life where I desperately want to start my career as a stylist. But now that I'm 30, one I feel like it's too late for me but every day I think about all the things I have gone through and having to overcome them alone and I believe that the first thing that affects women when we go through things in life is through what we wear and the message we want to say doesn't get said because our first initial impression is though what we have on Oh, it's through what we have on and we tend to represent what we are going through and what we wear. And I want to help others overcome what they are going through while helping them better their style that will help them elevate the space that they long to be in. This past two years, I've been nagging to desire to pursue this, but I'm not sure exactly how or if I can being 31 years old. Um, yes, you can. (laughs) First and foremost, yes, you can. One of my favorite stories is of Ava DuVernay. She said that she didn't even pick up a camera till she was like 30 something. It was older than 31, but I don't remember the exact age. And so if that is just a perfect example of how it's never too late. She didn't even pick up a camera till she was in her 30s. And now she is producing these these huge movies. And she's such an acclaimed um, director. So I think her story is just inspiration that it's never too late. Also, that nagging feeling that you have is God pushing you to be in your purpose. And so if this is something that you want to do, it's, it's not a matter of 
Matter of fact, let me say it this way. The nagging feeling is God pushing you into doing it. The fear that you have is the enemy trying to stop you from getting it done. So you have to really be intentional about pushing through the fear because it's a lie that you're too, it's too late. It's not too late, period. So don't even think that that's even something that can stick. It's not true. It's not too late. You can still do this, but you have to identify these feelings for what they are. So again, the nagging feeling is God pushing you into doing what he called you to do. And the fear that's keeping you stagnant is the enemy trying to stop God's purpose from happening. So, and we have to really remember that. And that's something I tell myself is that I have to remember that the enemy's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So any type of, any feeling that falls under kill, steal, destroy category is him. Any feeling that falls into God came to give me life and give it to me more abundantly, then any feeling that goes into that, that's God. So God coming to give you life and give it, giving it to you more abundantly is going to be through you starting this business or doing what he called you to do. But the enemy is trying to kill that and, and you're letting him. And so if what I highly suggest that you do is really pray and ask God, first of all, Yes. Okay. Pray and ask God, what is the first step that he needs from you? What does he need from you for you to do in order to make making this personal stylish dream become alive? What is the bigger purpose that he has for you? And for, and something that worked for me is that once God began to show me the magnitude of what my life meant for other people, that's what motive, that's what keeps me going and what really put a battery in my back to get things, to get things moving and to stay on course. Because I have a big thing when it comes to integrity. I don't like to say I'm going to do stuff or put myself out there to be there for people and then fall short. I can't I can't sit well with that. I can disappoint myself, but when I know that there are people that's counting on me, then that motivates me to keep moving forward because I care more about somebody else's life being better more so than my own. And so um, knowing that about myself, I began to really ask God, like, what does my life mean? So once he began to show me and God still gives me visions, like I have visions very often. And it's the same thing of me being on a stage and it's literally like a stadium full of people. I don't know where I'm at. It's indoors, though. But it's like a huge, huge, huge stadium of so many people. And I'm speaking. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I see myself on the podium and I see all of these people standing up and clapping. And so I'm like, wow, I know that God is calling me to do some amazing things. So because of that, whenever I I am fearful, whenever I have weeks like I've had or moments where I'm like anxious or not feeling my best, I got to regroup and get it together because there's people counting on me. So for you, ask God to show you what your life means because it's not just a personal stylist. It may be the people that you connect with, he wants you to minister, minister to in some type of way. You really don't know. So ask God, what does that mean? What does your life mean? And then do what I said at the beginning of this episode and constantly remind yourself of that. So whatever he tells you, write it down and put yourself in the space of what he said and not what you see. And so then after you ask him to show you what the big picture is or what your life means, then ask him, well, what do you want me to do first? And then be obedient to that. But then also 
you have to understand, though, that the enemy's strategy for you at this point is fear. So find scriptures and things that speak against that fear so that you can understand that this is scary. I may feel like the lie that the enemy telling me at this point is that it's too late. It's not too late. So you need to, to get up every day and be like, it's never too late for me to achieve my dreams because God said, and then put yourself in my remembrance of what he said. And just really, again, put yourself in that space of feeling um, or, or remembering what he said as opposed to what you see and then do what he tells you to do. Because the best way to get through fear is action. Just do it anyway. So while you're doing these affirmations or standing on these scriptures, do whatever he tells you to do anyway. And then eventually you'll look up and be like, wow, I've done all of this stuff. So that's it. I'm actually going to go ahead and end the podcast here. If you have questions, submit your questions to blessedandbossedup.com. You can click on the Ask a Boss tab, submit it there, or you can email me, Tatum at TatumTamia.com. Remember, I'm taking a little like um, off of social media a lot. So if you want to reach me, send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com. And that's it. I will talk to you guys next week. Living here is not so bad. A car should never be a home. I park on a quiet street, lock the doors, and I hope no one notices me. Have you noticed? We have. At Helping Up Mission, a woman in desperate need can receive food, a safe place to sleep, and a new beginning. Winter is coming. Go to Helping Up.